Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Interlinked, an initiative under the Center for New Economic Studies at OP Jindal Global University. Interlinked aims to hold nuanced conversations on the interdisciplinary nature of the problems plaguing the world today. As we hold conversations on the socio-political climate, we want to break down these intellectual barriers and look at topics in a way that will allow us to question them from several facets. If you're looking if you're listening to us for the first time, do take a look at our previous work. In the light of the ongoing conflict in the northeastern state of Manipur, Interlinked has collaborated with an independent research team that is working closely on the crisis unfolding in Manipur. The collaboration is aimed to produce a podcast series called The Unraveling of the Conflict. In this series of podcasts, we wish to explore conflict resolution and peace building through different lenses, through intriguing conversations with scholars from diverse disciplines. In today's episode, the team is trying to look at conflict through the lens of security, armed forces, and hard power, with a special focus on the Indian context. We are very proud to host Mr. Sanjeev Krishnan Sood, who retired as an additional Director General of the Border Security Force. He has served along India's borders, Pakistan and Bangladesh, including sensitive and volatile sectors in his 38 years of meritorious service in the force. Thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Thank you. Thank so, you for having invited me for this podcast. It's our pleasure. So um, just to start us off with the first question, conflicts are multifaceted and convoluted events. Sometimes with multiple parties involved. In more recent times, we have seen differences between forces such as the Manipur police and Assam rifles. Could you elucidate on these inter-force disputes? How are they beneficial for the na neighboring nation states? And how can the central government prevent these from taking place? Uh, see, uh, in the Manipur conflict, uh, a very unfortunate uh, conflict between two forces supposed to cooperate with each other in controlling the situation has arisen. This is mainly because of a feeling of suspicion between the two forces. The Manipur police believes that the Assam rifles are supporting cookies, whereas the, the general feeling all around is that Manipur police is supporting Mahitris. And there may be some fact to this. Uh, you see, there have been reportedly a lot of weapons stolen. They say stolen, probably looted from the armories of Manipur police, lot of weapons including advanced weapons, uh, high trajectory weapons, AK-46 series, and a lot of ammunition has been stole, uh, looted from the armories of Manipur police. How is it that a police force has allowed its armories to be looted without any resistance? There has been no casualties uh, in the process of uh, the armories being looted. <coughs> and in fact, recently one one IRB battalion also lost a lot of weapons about 10, 10, 12 days ago. So this is not possible unless people from inside have connived or people have 
totally given up, they have run away. Number two, <coughs> most of these weapons have fallen in the hands of Maiti uh, groups, Maiti militant groups who are operating against the cookies. So in that background, the suspicion over Manipur police conniving with the Maiti militant groups is uh, has has certain grounds to stand stand upon. Uh, on the other hand, uh, people allege that Assam Rifles is partial towards the Kuki uh, Kuki Kuki tribals. Now, point is that Assam Rifle is a central government force. Assam Rifle has troops. Lot of troops, rather, rather I think 50% troops from outside the northeastern state. Remaining 50% are from the northeast. So they may not necessarily be uh, all from Manipur also. So, and, and, and the fact is that uh, Assam rifle command structure is totally in the hands of uh, uh, Indian Army officers. So I don't see any possibility of Assam rifles behaving partial towards any of the uh, ethnic tribes which are in conflict in the present day. But this has happened. Uh, and in fact, uh, uh, Manipur police has lodged the FIR against Assam rifles, which is very unfortunate. Uh, the state government should have, or the state authorities should have resolved the issue without it being it, 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 it reaching the stage of an FIR being uh, filed. This also shows that there's a conflict between uh, the, the, the actions that the central forces are taking and the, the local uh, forces are taking. So this is very unfortunate and not Pakistan, but China certainly is likely to exploit this situation. Uh, it, is, it is certainly likely to create a larger wedge between the two forces and also uh, play its part in ensuring that the ethnic divide remains and further widens in, in Manipur. In so far as uh, uh, how the central government could have prevented it, my feeling is that article imposition of article 355 implies that the law and order situation has it has come under control of the central government none of the police forces in the country is equipped to handle this kind of situation and i'm sure the police the manipur police also is not uh, equipped to handle this kind of serious ethnic conflict that is raging there in Manipur. So under the provision of Article 355, in my view, the situation should have been, have been handed over to Assam Rifles. And if, if the locals do not believe in Assam Rifles, there are several other forces. There are central uh, armed forces like the BSF, like CRPF, ITBP. And in fact, uh, I think more than 40 companies of BSF are already deployed in, in Manipur to control the situation. So uh, center, in my view, should have taken a more proactive view and deployed the central armed forces 
proactively and at, a, at an early stage to avoid this conflict, to, to ensure that weapons are not looted, looted <coughs> to ensure that the ethnic conflict comes under control, and also to ensure that the two forces which are supposed to control conflict do not start having a conflict amongst themselves. This is my view in, in regard to what you just asked me. Okay, sir. Thank you so much. It was a very detailed sort of answer. I um, It's very important that, the, uh, you know, how you mentioned about the suspicion between two forces <laughs> and the conflict in ideologies between the central and local forces can only worsen the conflict, as we have seen in the Manipur context. And uh, there it also leads to further polarization. And therefore, you have pointed out how, you know, it's very important for the central government to play a much more proactive role so that the situation is not further worsened. And for that, you have suggested the imposition of the Article 30, uh, uh, Article 355. So that is very important um, to be noted. And moving on to the second question. The BSF has been known for its role in the 1971 Bangladesh Liberation War and the 1999 Kargil War. In an article you wrote for the print, you talk about the BSF's role in internal security and assisting the armed forces. Can the BSF play a more important role in national security? How can the force benefit the residents of the border areas in the country? All right. So, so you mentioned uh, both 71 and Kargil. You see, in 1971, when BSF was only about six years old, we uh, were involved in the conflict from the very beginning. Uh, the conflict actually started in March. The, the actual war has started in December, but the conflict started in March when, the, when there was large influx of refugees from Bangladesh. So right from that point of time, BSF was involved in training the Mukti Bahin on our land and also helping Mukti Bahini plan their small team operations, raids against the uh, then Pakistani army and so on and so forth, causing damage to their infrastructure, causing damage to their lines of communication, etc. Were, were the task that Mukti Bahini was given, which they carried out under supervision and after being imparted some amount of training by the border security force. So that is there. And on the Western Front also, BSF did fairly well. I would like to point out that BSF in 1971 war has uh, been awarded, BSF personnel have been awarded one Mahavir Chakra and about a dozen Veer Chakras, besides a uh, lot of mentions and dispatches and other uh, gallantry matters. So BSF played a very important role, even though it was uh, still in its infancy. In the Kargil conflict also, BSF uh, battalion was the only one which had not vacated the positions that, were, uh, that it had occupied prior to the car prior to the winter it had not vacated those positions even at the at the peak of winter season it, it never did in fact uh, and therefore the portion that bsf was occupying could not be occupied by pakistani uh, army so that is the contribution of bsf 
in so far as uh, the war effort is concerned. Now coming to internal security role, BSF has been playing uh, its role in maintaining law and order and also ensuring internal security by uh, proving its mettle in controlling Punjab militancy, by uh, extensive deployment in Kashmir till the time the group of ministers decided to act upon the policy of one, one task, one force, that group of ministers report after the Kargil war, uh, when, uh, which, which made uh, CRPF as the nodal internal security force of the country, and therefore BSF was withdrawn and deployed on the borders. It is, it is still uh, one frontier strength, which means around uh, uh, four DIG headquarters and about 15 battalions of BSF are deployed in controlling the anti-insurgency in, 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 in moist prone area in the central India. And uh, uh, BSF personnel have sacrificed their lives in doing, doing their job, in doing the, the duties assigned to them. And uh, insofar as uh, residents of border area is concerned, BSF has been the, the task of BSF, the role and tasks of BSF are threefold. The first one says that uh, BSF is there to, to inculcate a sense of security. I, I, a word here or there, maybe I may not be quoting the exact wording, but it is, it is to inculcate sense of security amongst the border population. Number two is to prevent cross-border crimes, and number three is to uh, prevent smuggling. So it is in performance of its first role that BSF does a lot of uh, civic action programs in, in the border area. There are civic action funds which are used for benefit of the border uh, population. So, for example, uh, when I was uh, commanding the North Bengal frontier uh, located at Siliguri, we, we procured ambulances from this fund. And uh, those ambulances were donated to the border, border population. So they also were handy to us in case of uh, requirement by, by us. But at the same time, those were meant for population there and they were used extensively by them. We also did a lot of civic action work without any funds. For example, we, uh, we uh, got in touch with an organization called Elemenko, Artificial Limb Manufacturing Company, who were providing assistive aids to handicapped people, to, to physically challenged people. So we contacted them. They only require our doctors should certify the uh, extent of disability. And that uh, we did, that our doctors did, and we, we procured a lot of assistive aids from them and issued them to the, the uh, local population. Now, uh, I, I want to point out one thing, that a BSF person, a BSF sentry deployed in remote border area is the only representative, is the sole representative of government authority in that area. And therefore, the border population, whatever problems occur, they approach that center, they approach the border outpost. For them, the border outpost is as good or bad as, as a thana. 
because police thanas are not everywhere police posts are not everywhere but border outposts are all along the border at 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 uh, spe some specified distance of 2 2 or 3 km psf in case of any problem that they face so that is when we help them out uh, the, the medical emergencies may occur a uh, a uh, uh, expectant uh, lady may be may be required to be transported to a hospital or some other other medical emergency and then there is another another fund called bdp border area development program funds deployed which are uh, uh, allotted directly to the civil authorities but some of it is spent directly by the border guarding forces and also some of it is spent on our advice so we we uh, as the sole representative of government authority in border areas identify the 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 the, the requirements of of border population what infrastructure is required to be created and we recommend it to the civil civil authorities who thereafter prepare the plan and according to the budget available which are implemented so the border guarding forces bsf on bangladesh pakistan border itbp on indo tibet border ssb along bhutan nepal borders can can do a lot to integrate the border population into the mainstream and create a sense of security amongst uh, uh them besides controlling crime and controlling smuggling yes sir um, you rightly pointed out that given the important contribution of bsf in the 1971 and the 1999 wars as well as maintaining internal security bsf can be best suited to play a pro proactive role in maintaining the national security and you also rightly pointed out that the border outposts help the border populations in the cases of medical emergencies given that in a lot of cases these areas are isolated and they don't really have any other functional representatives so in that situation the bsf plays a very important role in not only maintaining the national security but also integrating certain populations of the nation that are otherwise isolated in that sense so thank you so much for that answer and moving forward in the scenario of a conflict what could be the implications of the bsf further integrating into the indian armed forces in light of the historically important role in assisting the armed forces in war time or if the bsf being granted more autonomy to function more independently as india's first line of defense are there generally disagreements and points of contention between the bsf and armed forces in times of conflict uh you see war is a is a united effort by the by the entire nation and the defense forces are responsible for defense of the country so there is no question of any conflict of interest in so far as external aggression is concerned we Uh, the border guarding forces come directly under the operation command of the defense forces during times of war there are designated units for western and eastern theaters and uh, we will automatically get under under command of the indian army in those those areas the point is that 
in the times of peace the war time roles are rehearsed we are associated quite often in the war games and and sand model exercises and familiarized with our area of deployment and what role do we have to perform so uh, uh, that is it so that is how we can we can uh, assist the indian army indian armed forces in carrying out carrying out their war time efforts and in so far as 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 uh, conflict with the indian army is concerned no uh, there is no no such conflict in so far as uh, external aggression by by any enemy is concerned number one number two independent role for bsf in my view uh, cannot be envisaged in case of external aggression again because defense forces are the ones which are mainly responsible for defense of the country so uh, uh, and and uh, inside independent role the bsf may not have adequate wherewithal to operate independently we have infantry weapons we have uh, training in mining and other things we have some amount of artillery available to us but then all this will be required to be integrated into the uh, army war effort so uh, independent role in so far as external aggression is concerned i do not envisage and i don't think it is uh, actually required also uh, the the plans are made by the generals and those plans are to be are required to be implemented on ground by whatever troops are under placed under their command including the border guarding force okay sir thank you so much for that answer i think yeah it makes a lot of sense that collaboration and assistance on part of bsf is the feasible and viable option um, and not just a uh, and not just bsf functioning independently given that both all the forces almost have the similar kind of thoughts right in in cases of external aggression so that makes a lot of sense and uh, this makes the perfect ground for me to um, pose the next question what is the role of the central bureaucracy during times of conflict should forces such as bsf be able to employ its own officers instead of IS, ips officers at high rank posts in the management effective um, is the management effective if the top ranking officials of forces such as the bsf are not from the force itself yes that's a very critical question and uh, presently the bsf officers uh, are eligible only for 80% posts of digs 50% posts of igs 25% posts of additional dg and none of special dg and dg they are not eligible to be promoted to those ranks so uh, that creates a gap in so far as personal management and operational management is concerned you see any officer coming from outside does not know the operational philosophy and ethos of our organization we have a uh, we have a leadership role in so far as our unit is concerned they manage their police force 
they they manage but they 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 do bandobast they they manage roads we are uh, we we are uh, we are that is why a battalion is called a unit and uh, the commandant exercises operational control over his uh, troops and they are deployed so there are many aspects that the police officer officers are not aware of in the functioning of bsf and that is why it it happens that somebody comes from kerala cadre he tries to mold bsf into uh, bsf or other border guard other central armed forces into what he has uh, seen in kerala police somebody else comes where peace prevails he has uh, something else in mind he wants uh, B, uh, bsf to uh, also start using cannons in riot control somebody somebody from uh, uh, say say west bengal comes he has seen a lot of violence in uh, bengal he wants it to, so they are not they are out of depths in so far as uh, micromanagement is concerned and since they are not uh, capable of micromanaging things they are also unable to manage at larger levels because they are not aware of the complication they are not aware of the you see the 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 state uh, minister of state has recently replied in the parliament about uh, very large attrition in the in in our forces this is because uh, a, a jawan who joins service cannot become uh, cannot uh, get promoted for 20 years an officer joining the service as a direct entry officer Uh, they are stagnating for 12 years 13 years so the the uh, ips officers coming from outside are not really interested in resolving long term issues long term problems that is why there is a lot of litigation uh, in the forces and uh, so it will help if bsf officers are promoted to higher ranks uh, it will not only improve stagnation it will also uh, uh, it will also help the wealth of exp- experience that bsf officers have gained while in service to be uh, to be harnessed for overall benefit and for for giving an overall direction to where the force should be going uh it will help them in uh, procuring better technology better operational methodology on ground at present this is not happening because ips officers come for a very short duration they want to see that their duration goes off peacefully and uh, that is why that is why i think bsf officers must be promoted if they feel that uh, Uh, i mean in in one sense the 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 induction of ips officers is okay in so far as coordination is concerned but then vice versa also is true if uh, the the officers of bsf of similar rank can also be deputed to these organizations it will help improve coordination there if i go to a state taking my unit and find a bsf officer there it will help me coordinate things better so uh, i think bsf officer should be promoted to higher ranks
Thank you so much for that answer, sir. So you rightly pointed out that the officers who come from outside are uh, very used to managing short-term issues. And that's why they are not really aware of co the complications that are involved in managing the larger issues, the issues that are uh, faced at the larger scales, right? So there is an urgent need for the VSF officers to be promoted to higher posts because only that can improve the coordination and improve the um, security of the country. So moving on to the next question, the government is currently taking steps to reform and modernize security forces such as the Indian Armed Forces and Central Armed Police Forces in the country. Can you please elaborate on what are the steps being taken by the government and what technology do we need to integrate into the security forces to help modernize? So, uh... In my view, modernization requires requirement is at two levels. One is to enhance operational efficiency. And the second is to enhance administrative backup, which also will ultimately go in go to, to go towards enhancing operational efficiency only. So if we if we look at our past, starting with 1965, we had open borders. Thereafter, when Punjab militancy came, we, we introduced a very low level technology of fencing the border. And thereafter we fenced the entire border. Then we found that fence is being cut at different places. So we integrated flood lighting into fencing. And then uh, we, we also installed a lot of alarms uh, in, the, in the fence system. So, that is how it, it is it is improving. And thereafter, we also have introduced so many ni navigation, uh, night navigating devices, night uh, vision devices, so which help help uh, troops in observing the area in front at night. Uh, so this is this has happened so far. Now there are newer challenges emerging. The uh, challenge of uh, uh, Tunneling from below the fence had emerged soon after the fencing came up in, in 1995 or six, the first tunnel was detected. And so many tunnels have been detected. So, so first technology that we need to introduce is how to detect tunnels along the borders so that we can prevent logistic support to the militants and also we can prevent drugs from coming in. The, the latest threat that is emerging now is the threat of drones. The logistics and drugs are being supplied to uh, the partners of the smugglers through drones. So drones present, we don't have any technology to counter drones except shooting them with whatever weapons we have. We, we have LMGs, which we use to shoot them down. So we need to incorporate technology in detecting tunnels, in detecting uh, uh, these drones so that our troops can intercept them before they cause any damage. So government is working towards procuring such technology. And at the second level, as I said, Enhancing administrative efficiency will also improve operational efficiency. So the entire personal management system 
of the force needs to be computerized so that we can uh, i mean i mean at at a glance one can see what is the career profile of a person what job is he most suitable for where should he be deployed and so on and so forth so uh, this will help identify individual traits of a, of a person and utilize his services accordingly so this is the challenge that that we are presently facing and in in so far as uh, computerization of personal management system administrative system is concerned lot of work has been done in in the field of detecting tunnels and uh, detecting uh, drones a lot requ is required to be done we also need to set up a perspective planning cells <coughs> in in our organization who can anticipate the future challenges and induct modern technology into the organization to prevent crime at the same time we also need to modernize our intelligence collection system which is very important if we modernize our intelligence collection system and ensure that the collected information is is uh, quickly analyzed and disseminated to the troops at ground level it will help a lot in uh, preventing cross border crimes at present we are doing it but <coughs> technological uh, uh, analysis uh, analysis through use of this technology probably is lacking and we need to focus on this issue thank you so much for that answer sir i think yes it makes a lot of sense that technology should be incorporated especially at two levels so at the first level we should incorporate technology depending on the contemporary issues and contemporary threats so that the trans uh, so that you know uh, we can work towards the trans border crimes and at the second level um technology should also be involved in a way that the best suited individuals are involved in the forces so yes that makes a lot of sense and moving on to the last question for today um while the layman opinion on border issues tends to focus on border disputes and conflicts india's eastern border with bangladesh and myanmar has had issues um such as illegal migration and drug smuggling what are some issues outside of border disputes that neighboring states face and how are services such as the bsf countering these issues see uh, in so far as the western borders are concerned you have rightly said that there are disputes that the line of control and the sar creek are disputed areas most of the other borders Uh, starting from punjab downwards to gujarat is generally safe except for smuggling of drugs and in certain cases some illegal migration way down south in gujarat so this this happens is uh, smuggling of drugs is is one problem uh, which also happens on the eastern side especially now from the borders along uh, mizoram lot of uh, drug uh, called yaba which is which is a party drug is being smuggled in uh, and uh, sent to the interiors so these are these are other uh, and, and as i said we have our systems in place to uh, 
carry on surveillance along the borders and detect these crimes. So that we keep doing. Uh, in in Jammu uh, area, the other problem is that uh, the Pakistan considers this to be a disputed border. India says no, this is an international border. So again, uh, it it has it has witnessed a lot of uh, firing exchange of fire in the past, and there was a <coughs> peace. Uh, there was there was a there was a ceasefire informal ceasefire in place, which uh, which is somehow holding now, and so this is uh, this is the status out there. On the uh, so in in the west, it is mainly drug smuggling. Weapons being uh, supplied to the militants who are already inside through tunnels and drones, as I as I said now, also through uh, by cutting the fence wherever it is uh, possible for them to cut the fence, and also by adopting certain other methods. On the eastern side, as I said, smuggling of drugs is now picking on. Smuggling of gold is also now. Uh, being a lot of gold is being seized off late. Besides that, there's the this problem of cattle. Uh, the cattle is the mainstay of Bangladesh economy. It is said that uh, it's a, a 0.5 billion uh, dollar <coughs> economy uh, in Bangladesh, uh, insofar as cattle is concerned. Cattle trade uh, generates this much of uh, money. For Bangladeshis, so there is there is a demand and there is a supply. Although off late the the outflow of cattle has stopped a lot, and BSF does its best to stop cattle from crossing over. But at the same time, the question is how does the cattle manage to reach from as far as Rajasthan and Haryana? crossing over 2000 2500 kilometers and reaching uh, bangladesh border so uh, the prevention of cruelty to animals uh, organizations the police in the interior states needs to sort of uh, uh, look into this aspect that how does this cattle manage to reach there for being smuggled across so in uh, with bangladesh we have entered into a uh, treaty. Both, both, both our organization, BSF and Bangladesh Border Guards, have entered into an agreement called uh, Comprehensive Border Management uh, Treaty. So, uh, I mean, I, again, again, the word may may vary from here and there. The the but the point is that we both cooperate with each other in sharing intelligence. We cooperate with each other in identifying the sensitivity of different uh, portions of borders <coughs> and uh, if if possible uh, modify the deployment their problem is uh, th th the other things that go from india to bangladesh are some small items uh, cattle being one major item and fancy dill is is something fancy dill is a is a cuff syrup Brand name of cup cup syrup manufactured somewhere in Himachal, which goes across. They, you must be aware that Bangladesh uh, alcohol is banned, so they use this cup syrup as alcohol replacement for alcohol. 
so this is banned and so this is their area of concern so we try to stop that and uh, we also try to stop cattle from going across <clears throat> in their case as i said gold comes in uh, fake indian currency notes also come in from a small portion mainly uh, located in and around malda district of west bengal so these are other aspects and then there are certain small issues uh, like uh, there will be some encroachment by local residents if if uh, certain area has not been patrolled adequately the uh, residents tend to uh, encroach a little uh, so this this has to be sorted out and with increased uh, cooperation between the two forces many problems are being resolved at the lower level i i recall an incident when i was there i got a, a call from commissioner jalpai gudi that a bus loaded with about 40 people had crossed over into bangladesh there's a there's a post called changrabanda where the there's a, there, there was just a drop gate there so uh, that drop gate and it was manned by the customs close to rbop but it was manned by the customs the customs may have the the person there may have forgotten to drop the gate or whatever happened the driver may have been under the influence of uh, alcohol or something the gate the gate was open and the bus just drove in so he i got a call and he says ke please retrieve them so we had uh, i had good cooperation with my counterpart i rang him up and said that this has gone in erroneously and please return them so they they did return after carrying out documentation which is which is perfectly acceptable after carrying so these kind of things uh, are resolved at the lower level at the higher level lot of cooperation is existing between the two uh, organization lot of exchanges Uh, the ig level con uh, conferences are held the dg level conferences are held uh, biannually and lot of problems resolved with pakistan this is not so pakistan uh, we don't even have uh, ground rules uh, applicable They, these were uh, sort of dispensed with after the 1971 war when pakistan uh, attacked us so uh, pakistan the cooperation is much less but uh, with bangladesh we have much better cooperation uh, so this is these are these are some other problems that uh, keep arising uh, along the border and in 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 the process of preventing crime we also face a, a lot of flack from the human right organization see we are an armed force uh, a uh, uh, firearm is our uh, primary weapon so we will use it when once uh, we are under threat we are our our troops are trained to use it but then we cannot have uh, people getting killed uh, every now and then so we have uh, also introduced uh, pump action guns we have also introduced chili grenades and other tear smokes so that the collateral damage is reduced and <clears throat> at the same time we are able to control 
crime also so all these steps are being taken to control violence along the borders and also to prevent uh, crime and resolve several other issues Sir, um, thank you so much. Uh, it's very interesting how you pointed out that different border areas face different issues and different threats, and that kind of makes the role of forces such as BSF diverse, depending upon the states where they are employed. So that's very interesting. Um, and thank you so much for doing this with us today. It was very enlightening, considering that you brought into the table some fresh perspectives on. Border security and hard power, with a special emphasis on your own practical experiences of living in the conflict-ridden areas. It was an honor having you with us. Thank you once again. Thank you so much for uh, the interaction. Uh, thank you.